Hello, my name's Gary Burney, and this is Recruitment Revealed. Recruitment Revealed. Listen, learn, adapt. Sponsored by HireUp, a powerful award-winning platform for internal mobility, employee referrals, and alumni networks. Visit HireUpOnline.com. All interviews take place over the internet, so please forgive the odd sound distortion. So let's get on with the show and uh, introduce you to my guest today. My guest today is Paula Fagan. Paula, how are you? Hi, Gary. I'm good, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, all good. All good at this <laughs> end. Um, as always, Paula, I ask my guests to introduce themselves in 60 seconds or less. Um, so over to you. I'm Paula Fagan and I'm CEO of LGBT Ireland. And LGBT Ireland is a national charity that provides support services and training and advocates uh, for LGBTI people and their families living here in Ireland. I suppose I got into this work because I've, I identify as a lesbian woman. Um, I, I've been an activist really for about 20 years now at this stage and I was uh, involved in the founding board of marriage equality here in the Republic of Ireland. Fantastic. So that's what led me into LGBT Ireland and then I've been working in the organization for about eight years now. That's brilliant, Paula. That's brilliant. So that sets, sets the scene of who you are. Uh, um, and today I thought we'd do something uh, hopefully interesting for our, for our listeners. And that is just walk through uh, the experience uh, from candidate all the way through to employee of uh, uh, somebody from the LGBTI community. So um, let me start with the first question, really, which is, you know, does somebody from the community, are they, when they're looking at employers, are they actively looking for those who are, who are pro-community, who are proactive in the community? I mean, and then how do mm. they identify those people? Yeah, so one of the things that we do, Gary, is we, want, we run the National LGBT Helpline. So we get about mm. over 2,000 callers every year and we've over 120,000 people come to our website, lgbt.ie. So we hear from a lot of people. And one of the things that does come up on the helpline is either they're having a problem in their workplace or they're, if they're looking for work, they'll say, I want to work somewhere that's LGBTI. I can be myself that's LGBTI inclusive. Some employers are being very visibly inclusive or visibly supportive. Yes. Um, and then the question is that we ask then is, are you then being actively inclusive? So are they not just visibly, but active in terms of their policies and practices? Yes, which we'll, we'll get on to in uh, yeah. this show. I, I just wondered, though, uh, if you're from the community, then does that limit your choice, of, you know, your career choices, you know, because you're looking for a company that's, you know... Not necessarily. I, I, I do think some people will avoid certain sectors or they leave the jobs or leave the sector because it's just too hard to be themselves right. in a job like that. So, for example, I was speaking to a person recently and and they left what they've they were in veterinary medicine and they left it because they said no it was just hard so that was just interesting I don't know and that's not to cast aspersions maybe they just had a bad experience but I do find we do find that people certainly tend to leave eventually if they can't be open and, and aren't supportive to be themselves I'm just curious as well um just on the on the candidate bit so they haven't joined the company yet um they're looking at uh a jobs and they're obviously looking for companies who, who are um, more proactive or seen as more proactive in, uh, for the community. Uh, are there, 
I'm assuming like all job ads, you know, there's certain words and certain phrases that really should be avoided if you're trying to attract um, people from the LGBTI community. I think there's, there's the phrases to be avoided. I suppose any sort of um, very gendered phrases, I suppose, or mm. a thing that makes it clear that you I mean, you probably avoid them anyway from uh, to be gender inclusive. But so, yeah, I suppose I, I have an example in my head of because a, a trans person contacted us and there was a very um, detailed medical application that they had to go through just to apply for a job. And it asked about surgeries and, and medications. And now it was relevant to the job in terms of it was a, a care role. Hmm. But that was very off-putting to them because obviously they didn't want to lie, but they didn't want to go into their... It was very in, invasive because they've had surgeries around transitioning around their gender identity and they didn't want to get into that. It wasn't relevant to the job. So, so, you know, just having a lens to that and, and, and thinking that through um, why, why you're asking a question in an application and, and who might be, who you might be unintentionally discriminating against yeah. to how you frame the question or the question itself. We talked briefly about the, the, the candidate. We talked briefly about the, the job ad. Um, you're now going to, you know, you've applied. Uh, the recruiter said, yeah, we'd like to have you come in. What is a, a person from the LGP community, what are they facing when they go into interview? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I think it's important. Again, um, anything on forms, anything in questions assumes either a heterosexual sexuality or sexual orientation. So, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't happen anymore, but like if you're asked, you know, say it's a woman, is your husband, you know, or even in chit chat before an interview yeah. or something like that, or gender markers. So you need to have inclusive gender markers and pronouns so mm. that if someone has a trans identity that they can upfront, you know, that they don't have to feel uncomfortable or <clears throat> be misgendered in an interview. So they'd be the top two things, really. Anybody going to an interview is going to be nervous, right? If you're immediately put on the back foot as you as you said um about your sexuality or um um any preferences you may have it, it, it obviously unnerves you before you're getting into the detail of you know how well you can do the job yes and so if the language is really inclusive and you get a sense of oh this person has thought about this and they they're expecting someone to be lgbti that's really affirming do you know what I mean if you get that sense at the get-go that can really affirm you and, and relax you to be your best self and, and to put your skills and experience and to the fore rather than in the back of your mind being anxious as LGBTI people we do expect not to be affirmed or we do expect an element of ignorance or worse discrimination so if you can do the reverse of that yeah that's hugely positive. You know, you're on you're on a very good trajectory. Yeah. Massively comforting for the for, yeah. the for the candidate. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I know we're whizzing through this, but I, I'm just conscious of you know, we, we only have a set amount of time for the interview, so I'm going to jump from uh, th that conversation around um, the interview to you've accepted the person onto the onto the job, which is great as a recruiter. You, you've uh, found the person to be competent and, and uh, they've joined your company or are joining your company. Um, 
how daunting is that for somebody from the community? You, you know, mm. we, we all have anxiousness when we when we uh, join a new job. Is there further anxiousness because of the, the background? Oh, absolutely, Gary. Yeah. So I think as an LGBTIQ person, you know, you're always thinking if I start a new job and I am very confident in my sexual <laughs> sexuality, I would be thinking before I started, I hope this place is now really inclusive of yeah. me, you know, and and I am very out. And I suppose I'd nearly be asserting that the first day because I wouldn't want anyone to make a mistake or assume that I wasn't so to speak do you know what I mean so I'd be trying to get out ahead of it so that takes energy and that, that's exactly what I was going to say yeah yeah and I'm I'm like long in the tooth at this now do you know what I mean whereas you think about somebody who may be coming in in a junior role or that's very daunting and and a throwaway comment or a, a, a um, assumption can put someone then on the back foot so say your manager assumes you're heterosexual or assumes your gender yes you could easily end up hiding who you yeah. are as a person. and then you're on the back foot then you say well I'm not no oh no I didn't and then you put it onto yourself and say I didn't I didn't correct him what am I going to do yeah so I think you have to really I suppose there is an element of effort so just the really top tip really is not to assume it's it's a difficult one isn't it because like if you join a company, uh, even if your line manager knows um, your sexual orientation and so on, it's not something you're going to announce to the rest of the team that they're working with. You know, I, I wouldn't expect to go in to a new job <laughs> and somebody say, oh, by the way, just so you all know. <laughs> right? So yeah, yeah. So, so how, do they, how does a company, I don't know, what is that process that they go through to try and ease that conversation? I, I, I think you have to really be active and overt no not about the person um, and yeah. not on a personal level but you have to be very active in making sure the culture is inclusive so that if people are talking about their weekend you as the leader are saying to anyone but if, right you probably know your other colleagues the gender of the partner if they have one mm. that you're saying to the new, the new person did you have a great weekend did you go out with your partner is he or she or whatever it is just simply consistently given opportunities for the person to be comfortable not to have to do this big song and dance but just yeah. to be able to say yeah my boyfriend you know Peter if it's a, if it's a guy or whatever and then you're also addressing any unintended um kind of homophobic transphobic jokes or language or assumptions that you're just addressing those very quickly and easily so that everyone's clear that this culture is an inclusive place and then the person of course not all of us are out and and that's a person's own choice however I would say that when you have an affirming culture then people are out like we're only not out because we were afraid of discrimination it's not like people want to keep because often it is annoying that people say well it's your own you know it's your own business yeah but you'll see at any kind of canteen table, people will talk about their private lives all of the time and don't have to double, don't have to think about it. So we as LGBTI people should have the same ease. Yeah. And so as an employer or as a leader in your organization, that's up to you because really not down to the person themselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I think it's a real I think if you have really if you have out people in your organization, that's a great sign. That's probably one of your best signs. And and just bear in mind that like between five and eight percent of any population will identify as LGBT. 
So that's a good marker. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. if you have, I was on a call recently with a big global company and, and the, one of the speakers said, I'm the only out person on my team. And he was in a team of 500. Wow. Now there's something statistically wrong with that, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. so that's a marker for them to say, okay, hold on. We're not right. They might be having the big pride event, but on the ground, there's something not, not quite right and in here. So that's what I would say. Use that as a marker. And obviously it's not as visible as say with right race and and ethnicity you know absolutely i was just going to come to that yeah yeah if you think of a just as a if you think of an indian woman working in a in an office then you know you you're aware of her that she's come from a different culture and that she'll have different um festivities going on at different times and and so on you you're you're far more um far more accepting because you're aware i guess is Mm. And probably more proactive because you're aware and the person's yeah. sitting there and it's uncomfortable if, even if the person doesn't say anything, you feel the discomfort if something goes awry, I suppose. Whereas for us, we're a lot of the time invisible. So that there's a lack of urgency or a lack of understanding that this is actually an issue in the workplace. Is there anything that, you know, what, what can companies be doing or what are companies doing? What are, what are companies who are great at inclusiveness? What are they doing that other companies aren't doing? So I think, like I said, you know, just frequently testing. Um, Mm. So anonymous surveys are a good way of doing that, focus groups. But a brilliant way of driving LGBTI inclusion in the workplace is to set up an LGBTI and allies network in your workplace. And if if it's big enough to do that, a lot of organizations do that. And then there's kind of that brings visibility. It brings an opportunity for people to show their support. So you sign up as an ally, even if you're not LGBTI yourself. And then you see those groups and this, you know, they drive then events and so on that that brings this more to the fore. And it just keeps the lens on it. And I think what when they work well, they they often will have to be supported from the top of the organization. And yeah. um, they have to be given some funding, be it money or even time for people to meet and, and to organize events and to you know do their work so that's really an effective way and, and when the networks when the staff and lgbt staff and ally networks work well they they really transform an organization i, I just got a, a couple of other questions before we finish uh, and you talked about visibility um it's almost a bugbear of mine <laughs> that i see Loads of companies come June, change their symbols to rainbow symbols, change it to rainbow mm. flag, and I'm I, and it's not that I, you know, there's not companies that obviously lots of inclusive companies who who want to show that they are um, supportive of the community, but I, I wonder, you know, is there a lack of authenticity sometimes, or is there are people jumping on a bandwagon here rather than mm. the, the right deeds? How, how can how can how do you guys check on whether a company is actually verifiably supporting mm. the community problem? Yeah, and I think not so much us, but but Pride, the Pride organisations um, yeah. in Dublin and, and around the country, they do now, because they've got a lot of, I suppose, criticism sometimes in the community about this issue. You know, are you letting companies just jump on the bandwagon and so yeah. on? So they put in place now like a kind of a, a training programme. So companies have to go on that if they want to be, you know, promoting themselves um, during Pride. I think if it's good, done with good intentions rather than just sticking up the Pride logo, then that's a good start. And it's just to harness that and, and build momentum. Um, because as we say, we do a lot of talks during Pride and we say, look, 
pride should be every day. You can't just have one day. Yes. <laughs> one event is not going to cut it. Um, so please try and, and put in an action plan and put some resources behind it and do this work in a, in a meaningful way and then measure it. Yes. Talk to your employees. Has it made a difference? So that's yeah. what I would say. One last question for you, Paula. Over the last sort of couple of years in America, is you know, there's been big emphasis on Black Lives Matter. Uh, so ethnicity and, and color of skin has been very important in Europe in relation to whether there's enough females at board level, whether there's enough uh, uh, females at, at management level and so on. I, I often feel that the you know, LGBTQ community is, is somewhat sidelined in this process. Mm. Is, it, mm. is that something that you experience? or I think, well, as the fellow said, you know... <laughs> If you had more women in the church, it'd be a more inclusive church, um, <laughs> right? So yeah. I think all of these measures in some ways are helpful because they're doing the same groundwork. Like if you have a more inclusive workplace of, of women, um, if you're more, if you've done the work to make sure you're inclusive of people of colour and, and diverse ethnicities, that will stand to you. Like it's going to help to attract LGBTI people and and it, by doing that work, you are thinking about these issues. And and sorry, just to say, like one thing we use actually in our training when we work at health professionals is if you're struggling with this and you maybe you don't have the awareness, like put a racial lens on it. Like people tend to know what to do if there's any sort of racial discrimination or um, something said in the workplace. They kind of know instinctively that it's not right and what to do. Yeah. So even if you're not sure what to do, if it's an LGBTI, use that lens and then you'll go, actually, no, yeah. this this isn't tolerable. Cut this out. That is a great yeah. voice. Great piece yeah. of advice. All right, Carrie, I better well, run. Thanks very much for your Thank time. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And uh, uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Take care, Paula. Thanks, Carrie. Bye. So there we have it. That was Paula Fagan. I think she's given us some real food for thought there. I hope that's a starting point for you and for your companies. Let me just say, this is being recruitment revealed and we'll speak to you again soon. Take care.